Welcome to the Do Hard Things podcast with your host, Jay Teagues. Are you ready to amplify and improve your life? Then you're in the right place. On this podcast, we have unfiltered conversations with inspiring people who take on challenges and are here to share with us their wisdom from their journey. We talk about how doing hard things enable all of us to adequately deal with life struggles and challenges and to ultimately improve the quality of our lives. Welcome to another episode of the Do Hard Things Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Teagues, certified high-performance coach, leadership speaker. And in this episode, I have a conversation with Luge Hardman. Luge is one of my favorite people. And I think of leaders who've inspired me. Luge has been just one of those people that has dedicated her entire life to public service. And she served as uh, my local mayor of the town of, of Waynesville. Now, Waynesville is a small town right outside Fort Leonard, in which I'm currently stationed. And I am from a small town in Missouri, just north of St. Louis. But this is a very, very unique, a very, very diverse community, unlike any place that I have ever been. In fact, you know, Fort Leonard Wood is, is known as Fort Lost in the Woods. 60%, I think it was 60% of people that retire from Fort Leonard Wood stay here in the local community. It's nestled, it's in, in a quiet town. It's two hours west of St. Louis. And it's just so unique with the military population. You get a sprinkling of, of, it's just a melting pot of the entire country of people who've served in the military who ultimately have, have, called, you know, Waynesville and, and St. Robert is the other town, uh, home. And like I said, it's, it's just very, it's a conservative town. It's very patriotic. It's, there's low crime, low cost of living, and it's just incredibly diverse. It's just a wonderful place to live. There's a lot of activity. There's a lot of community activities. There's a lot of physical activities. It's a beautiful area. And Luge has been a tremendous leader as mayor that really stood out to me. She stood out to me and she, and Luz has dedicated her entire life to public service. She grew up in a small town in Arkansas, chased after her dreams of becoming a teacher. She taught American history for 30 years before being elected mayor of Waynesville, where she served two four-year terms. She's a high performing person. We discussed her ambition of why she chose to serve the challenges she faced leading a community during the flood of 2013 she outlines her leadership principles and some of the habits that have enabled her success. She also recently authored the book, Small Town Mayor, which you can find on Amazon, and you can link to that. The link to that will be in the show notes. So I highly encourage you to, uh, to support this wonderful lady. And I invited her as a guest because she's just someone that just has just inspired me. She made the community here. She poured her heart and soul into it, and she made the community better. And uh, something that I would like to read before we go into the interview, and it's mentioned in the interview as a history teacher, uh, she really appreciated this. In fact, right before she left office, I wrote her a handwritten note uh, referencing The Man in the Arena by Theodore Roosevelt. Let me read it now. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. 
strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there's no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails with daring greatly, so that this place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Ladies and gentlemen, Luce Hardman is the woman in the arena. I've seen her leadership in action. I've seen how gracefully she she just dealt with, with a lot of backlash in the community with such grace and grit and determination. And she sp- spent her entire uh, formidable life dedicated to leadership. And she's made a tremendous impact on me. I'm excited to have her on as a guest. And uh, she's led such a wonder. She just had such a wonderful life. and just continues to give back. And she was also married to, uh, to her husband for 42 years before passing and and was dealing with that, you know, while while also serving. She's just a, a patriot, and uh, I just have so much affection for her. Ladies and gentlemen, the interview with Luge Hardman. Luge Hardman, how are you doing? Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. When I've been thinking about doing a podcast for a while, and I think about, you know, the short list of people that I wanted to have on, and you have definitely been one of those people that I just – I just, you're just a great person. And I love the fact that although we have different ideologies, we've, we've always had great conversations. I respect the fact that you've dedicated your life to public service as a teacher. Then you got into politics and I just see how like on social media, like all of the vitriol that you have received and you've just handled it with such grace your husband, whom I never had the opportunity to meet, and just seeing the journey of you know his passing and how you've handled that, I just think you're a remarkable person. And one of one of my greatest honors was when we had the uh, Veterans Day parade here locally. The Veterans Parade Veterans Day parade is a big deal here in this community uh, near Fort Leonard Wood. And you asked me to be your honorary guest for the day, and I got to drive you around, and then we. Uh, that meant so much to me. I can't even tell you how much I appreciated that. I actually so, have pictures of that day, Jay. What's that? I have pictures of that day. I think I got a couple, but I, yeah, if you've got more, you need to get some of those. Right. That was awesome. So here, here's, well, what I appreciate you. here's what I remember the first time I met you. I had been honored to go out to Fort Nerdwood to start a running event. Yeah. They were running the hills out toward the golf course. And I, that's where I met you for, for the first time. And your three girls were with you. And so it was just a, it was just a fun thing to meet you. I tell you, ever since I've met you, you have been one of my favorite people. Well, thank you. That's a tremendous now, honor. Thank you. Now that you're taking this uh, journey through motivation and all the different things that you've come up with, uh, I am one of your favorite followers because I share your memes everywhere. Well, thank you. Uh, I, you've always got something good to say, and I appreciate that. Thank you. So, I appreciate so it. You asked me to introduce myself a little bit, but I think you're going to read a bio that will uh, tell details about me, but... If I had to describe myself, I would basically just say I'm an old country girl from the hills of Arkansas. And one of the things I think that plays into my story, Jay, is that I was born in the hills of Arkansas. There were six of us kids. Uh, We didn't have indoor plumbing until I was in junior high school. Uh, We were poor as church mice. 
but I would, I've said to many people, I would not take anything for my raisin. And so okay. I think, I think one thing that I am most uh, proud of um, in, in my life is going to college. And, you know, I was uh, the first one in my family to go to college, much less graduate. And uh, now I think a couple of my nieces and nephews have, have graduated from college. So it was just not the thing to do in, in my little corner of uh, the, the Washita Mountains uh, down in southern Arkansas. But I've been a teacher uh, 30 years in the Waynesville schools and also taught college for Drury. And I've been a wife. I was married to Paul Hardman for 42 years. And I've been a mother. I'm a mother to Ann and Trey. And I have seven grandchildren. And then when I retired from teaching, I decided, uh, you know, I think I got some ideas to make Waynesville a better place. And I ran for city council and got involved in the downtown renovation, uh, which I tell about in my book, by the way. And uh, then, of course, in 2012, I ran for mayor. And uh, then my next step, and hopefully we'll talk about it a little bit today. I don't think we have video, but there's my book. And I got that today, actually, and uh, been working on it for the past year. Um, I, I used to joke, Jay, when I'd give speeches as mayor, I would say, everybody needs to treat me a little better because I'm going to write a book. And I think they all thought I was joking, you know, that I, that I was not going to do that. And unbeknownst to them, I was secretly collecting every picture, Facebook post, notes, letters, pictures. I was collecting all this stuff because I had in my mind that I thought a lot of people might be interested in what's it like being a small town mayor and yeah. the day to day things that go on. Uh, in small town politics. And that those are my two focuses in my book. And as I told you earlier, we uh, did get the proof on that today. And hopefully in the next week and a week and a half, something like that, we're going to be offering a book on Amazon. And it's called Small Town Mayor by Lou Chardman. And I hope some of you pick it up and, and that you get some good things out of it. Uh, those are things. Uh, I've always been a uh, uh, goal setter. Yeah. And I'm sure you are. Yeah. Uh, I'm a goal setter and I work for, you know, in my head, I've got objectives that I want to do and, and that I want to complete. And I've always been, um, my husband used to say, you're awfully, awfully anal in how you look at things because everything has to be done properly and it has to be done, first of all. So one of the questions you asked me is why public service? And of course, teaching, I just always knew I was going to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. Always. And uh, public service, I think that the main uh, thing that drove me there was that I wanted to make things better in my in my town in Waynesville. Waynesville had been uh, really neglected and run down, uh, not much attention given to the downtown area. And that's what got me involved in, in council, in the city council. Wow. So I served on the city council and then 2012, uh, Cliff Hammock decided he wouldn't run for re-election, and I ran for mayor. And uh, I hope that, again, I uh, hope I made a difference here. And I hope that when people think about me, they'll think, they'll think downtown. They'll think the playground. You've certainly made a difference to me. Like, I think about just leadership and, and service and how you selflessly serve this community. And 
you just you were always active, and every time I saw you, you're just in, you're like an engaging, vibrant person that you call things out when you saw it. You put yourself out there on, you know, this is a time where social media and right. uh, you're not, it's not like you're receiving a huge paycheck from the city of Waynesville to yourself out there and do these things. What's that? That would be a hundred dollars. So, yeah. So for the amount of money that you were receiving, it definitely wasn't for the money. Right. No. <laughs> but no. just the, you, you just put yourself out there and you just led and made an impact. And I just viewed you. It just stood out to me. And wow. I, I don't, you know, when I think about, uh, you know, local politics, what, I mean, we just had a local election here, 8% people turn out. Yeah. It's, we're, we're far more focused on, you know, what's going on in Washington. Well, we need to be more focused here. When right. I think about people that step, st- step up to lead and make an impact. You did, you right. did, uh, compared to other towns that I've lived in and mayors, I, I couldn't, I don't, didn't know who they were. Like right. you, I, I don't know. You just put yourself out there to where everyone knew who you were and you led from the front and you led by example. I think, I think Jay, that social media plays a big role in that. And yeah. I, I embraced Facebook. I embraced the internet yeah. and, and it's a fairly new thing. And, and I would just say this in defense of the mayors who came before me, most all of them had regular jobs, day jobs. Yeah. And so it was very hard for them maybe to make every event like I did, yeah. but I was retired and I was enjoying every minute of it. And if the army invited me to be at something, I was at something. Uh, and that's what that's what's great about this community. It makes it very unique is that we have small town Waynesville, right. and then we've got St. Robert, and then we have the Fort Leonard Wood community. Right. And so this is a bigger populated area than it uh, than it appears. We always called ourselves the Tri Cities. Yeah, the Tri Cities, yes, exactly. Yes, There's some nuances yes. that go along with the Ford and St. Robert, yeah. and everyone trying to play nice together. <laughs> and I think that uh, since uh, myself and Mayor Lordson and St. Robert, that we were really intent on being better partners with Fort Leonard Wood. And I, I, some of the stories I tell in my book are just amazing. You know, I I would stop at the Burger King on Post, and privates in there eating would yell, "Hello, Mayor Hardman." Because I went to the events, I was at the events and I was at their graduation and, you know, the different promotions. And so I just enjoyed it, uh, enjoyed almost every, almost every day uh, being mayor. One of the things that I learned from my public service is a whole lot about myself. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm 70 something years old and you would think I would have gotten over what you posted today, actually, on your uh, Facebook page. Uh caring what other people think. And here I am in my seventies. And that's something that always uh, has been an issue for me. You know, I have always, of course, I was a a teacher, loved my students. I think a lot of times uh, I was a rather popular teacher. And because of that, you kind of get this little attitude of, Oh, everybody likes me. Well, you get into public service and that's not true. And it took me a little while to figure that out. I, I would say probably a month, yeah. uh, you know, because I would I would get upset over things people said. Yeah. And finally, my husband said to me one time, "Can I can I say bad words on here?" Yeah, yeah. Okay. Said, said to me one time, "You because I'd come home crying from city council meetings because people were so negative and and mean, and uh, literally they were mean and." Uh, one night he said to me, 
you know, you're going to have to make up your mind. Either you want to do this project or you want to tell those people to kiss your ass and get on down the road. Yeah. And I will tell you, that was really became my motto. You know, I thought we could do this. I thought we could renovate our downtown. You know, and I don't know if you were here, Jay, back in the early 2000s, but 70% of the buildings in downtown Waynesville were empty, abandoned, neglected. Uh, buildings were falling in. Trees were growing in buildings. Fungus was on the front of, you know, the facades. It was just not a nice place. There were no lights. So at night when you pulled into Waynesville, it was very, very dark and a dank place to be. I just thought that we could make a difference and I thought that we could do it. And so I said, what did I learn from it? Well, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about other people and how to deal with them a little bit. And then I also learned this. You can get things done. You can do things. You can accomplish things if you put your mind to it. I knew we could do it. And we did. I like um, what you said there about uh, just being able to get things done. You can do your goal setter. And that, and, and the what I want to do on this podcast is bring high-performing people on here. I'm a high-performance coach. I've been studying high-performance because it's like how do some people just get things done? They rally people. They're productive. They make an impact. And I want to bring people that are performing in a variety of different – when we think about high performance, we think of the top 15% in any field of people that are just making things happen. Right. And here you are, you were compelled, making $100 a month <laughs> to put yourself out there. Uh, and, and people, I mean, I saw you, people, you, you're just not going to make people happy. And you told right. people to kiss your ass and you made it happen anyway. <laughs> you rallied the people, right? And you, and you made things happen. And like you said, not everyone is going to like you. And that's, that's a bitter pill to swallow when you step up in leadership. You're like, I'm here to do good. Well, no, no matter what you do, what you think is good, someone else thinks you're being an ass and they just don't like what you're doing. And they want they have a different way of, of wanting to do it. And, so I don't, I don't know if you remember that when I was leaving office, you wrote me a note. I Yes, I did. It's in my book. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, it's in my book. And you basically said, uh, Luge, you have been the woman in the arena, as Teddy Roosevelt once described. Yeah. You've been the woman in the arena, yeah. and you've done what you thought was right. And that that all, that really meant something to me. Now, I got this out because I thought that this might uh, be interesting to your readers. But in my book, I have a chapter entitled The Truth as I See It. And it is about leadership and about the problems that elected officials face. Well, here's a page I have entitled. My advice for holding public office. So as I was, I was going to ask you about that, like what yes. would someone need so, to know if they're considering this? As I was mayor, I would kind of, again, I was in the back of my mind, I was thinking to myself, you know, this is a great story. And so I was taking notes. So I put together this list. You want to hear them? Yeah. Well, yeah. I love it. Okay. Respect is earned, but it is also given. Absolutely. Choose your friends carefully. Surround yourself with competent, trustworthy, enthusiastic people. Guard what you say and who you say it to. That's number one rule for a public official, by the way. <laughs> Always have a plan and a backup plan. Yeah. 
work hard to have public support and confidence. And I think that's something that uh, me and the, the little committees that we put together that we worked well at. You know, we started our downtown project with a committee of 10 people. And by the time we were through, we had 40 members. Oh, that's people awesome. notice success. Mm-hmm. They notice when you get something done. Don't you hate to be on a committee and just sit there yeah. and do nothing and shake your head? Work hard. Have public confidence and public support. Be accessible. And, of course, that's what you were saying. Uh, I felt like uh, a mayor should be accessible. I think I knew one mayor in my whole life, and that was Mayor C.W. Parker here in Waynesville. Of course, everybody thought they knew him, Mm -hmm. and uh, I wanted to be just like him. Network with other leaders. Involve the kids. I have a whole chapter in my book called, uh, So You're the President of Waynesville? And one of the things that I always believed uh, as a teacher, it's probably my teacher mindset, is that you have to involve the kids. If you involve the kids, you involve their parents. If you involve the kids, you give them ownership in your community. That's how you you build the next generation of leaders, right? Yes, we had such a problem with graffiti and nasty things, vandalism that was going on in the park. Yeah. Well, we included so many people when we built that playground. And I thought to myself, you know what? There's so many kids here today at all the different events we had. They're not going to let anybody tear that place up. You know, they're not going to be doing the things that sometimes they do. So involve the kids. Cultivate champions for every project. I just talked to a newly elected council person yesterday, and that's the number one thing I said to the person. People people support what they create. So if you get buy-in and they create it, they will run with it. And and if you're a champion, you're enthusiastic about it. Yep. Leadership, you got to be a cheerleader. Give people Mm -hmm. the opportunity to run with something and then cheer them on. What resources do you need? As as the city council person or as the mayor, what can we do to help you? I think that was one thing that was lacking in downtown Waynesville for, for so many years, that there was no support from the city government. Yeah. And downtown just fell apart. Yeah. And, you know, it, it took a whole uh, a community down there. Ursel's Jewelry, Security Bank, Cruz, all those people began to take their money and invest in their building. And yeah. then when they saw that the city was going to do that, it changed everything. Here's one that we could really use a lot today on the national scene. Encourage compromising consensus. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so old, uh, Jay, that I remember when uh, politics was compromising to get things done. We don't compromise anymore. And I was lucky as a mayor to have city councils that we did compromise, that we did get along. We worked together. It wasn't some fight every time that we got together. Uh, Next one, praise performance. And I think I did a good job of that. I was always awarding somebody a you know good citizenship award or or nominating them for awards. To me, that's important in a city. Again, it gives you ownership. Learn all you can about everything. Take every opportunity to be involved in the community. Make a difference. Be enthusiastic and positive. Try to be a role model, and I say try because sometimes I do things maybe I shouldn't. But try to get everyone fall short. No one, no one is infallible to mistakes, but you yeah. are. And, you know, I like a good cold beer. 
Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I'll see you at quite a bit. That's our local watering hole. Some of the worst comments I had from people over the years were, especially little old ladies that would write me and say, Lude, you really shouldn't be talking about drinking. It puts you in bad light. <laughs> it's not like I'm going out and getting drunk. Yeah, it's it's meeting <laughs> and having meetings. And then lastly, and I think, again, I did a good job of this, and I think any leader who is successful will be themselves. Hmm. Yes. I never changed. What you saw was what you got, whether it was cold beer. Yeah. Or whether it was me saying a curse word every once in a while. Yeah. It was what it was. And I, I was not going to change. And I think, I really think people appreciate that. They appreciated that. Well, they I see had, what's going on in, in Washington. And it's just like, it just makes you aggravated at the whole system. Oh, it's horrible. It's like uh, kids on a playground. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I Another thing you wanted to um, ask me about was, as I, well, let me let me change it a little bit. I had two very successful careers. I hate to say politics is a career, but I spent a lot of time at it. Yeah. Uh, probably the best thing I did in my life was uh, have children, get married, have children, uh, raise two good kids. They both graduated here in Waynesville. But I had two great careers, and in both of them, Jay, I had mentors who I fashioned myself after. And I would think to your audience that that is something that you really need to think about. Put yourself around people who are positive, who yeah. are like you. You know, uh, I like that phrase on, they use on Facebook a little bit. That Find your people. Yeah. Find your people. And my first mentor was my high school history teacher. I love that man. And I still do. He's 90 years old and on Facebook. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. He is quite the character, Mr. Harold Coogan. And I would sit in his class. Of course, again, I always felt like I wanted to be a teacher. But I would sit in his history class and just mesmerized by him. He was so smart. And I can remember even at that in my high school days, I want to be just like him. I want to be just like him. Well, guess what? I think I almost made it. Yeah, you followed the pathway. I almost made it. So uh, uh, when I retired, I got uh, Social Studies Teacher of the Year in Missouri. And so when we went for the award, they asked me to speak. I spoke about Mr. Coogan. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And uh, talked about it. What what kind of takeaways or advice did he give you that resonated with you? I I think he was just a good role model. Mm -hmm. He's a good role model. Uh, he was a good teacher. Yeah. Uh, I tried to be that way. I didn't try to be heavy handed in my teaching. You know, I tried to be friendly with the kids without being friends. Yep. And, and Mr. Coogan was always good at that. But I think more than anything, he was uh, academic. He was an academic. And you can read his stuff on Facebook now. And it, I share a lot of his stuff, actually. And every once in a while, I'll say uh, at the bottom, I'll put a little asterisk. Mr. Coogan was my history teacher in high school. <laughs> but he's just, well, he challenged you. He challenged you as well, academically. <laughs> I want to, when I grew up, I want to be just like him. Yeah. The other mentor I had, I already mentioned, uh, was uh, Mayor Parker. When I first moved to Waynesville in 1971, he was the mayor. He went on to be the superintendent of schools and uh, was very, very well known by people. And uh, in fact, he wrote a book 
he wrote a book about being mayor and it was called, uh, I wouldn't have missed it. And in my book, I say, I should have named my book and I wouldn't have missed it either because he kind of set the stage for it and everybody knew him. He was everywhere. You know, everybody just felt like they knew him. And that's one thing I wanted to do. I wanted the kids in Waynesville to remember a time when they knew a mayor. That's kind of corny. But well, I mean, you, you say that, but you, you mentioned earlier that you only knew one mayor your whole life. I don't know. I think I may have only known, I've known two mayors. I've been on this rock for 43 years. And, and, and that, that we just talked about earlier about how only 8% of people showed up for the local election. Governments and making an impact starts at home. Washington, right. what happened there, what we're all focused on, doesn't really have that big of an impact here. Unless they give us some grant money for parks and roads. Yeah, yeah. But... <laughs> With all the time and energy that we spend focusing on that, if we were right. to channel that into our right. local communities, the world would be a greater place, right? Our local communities all across, wherever you're listening to this podcast from, your local community would benefit from more people engaged locally. And don't you think that if all of us took the time to make our little corner of the world better, which I hope that I did, I hope I yeah. did have some impact, uh, it would be a much more pleasant world. Absolutely. You want to change the world, why don't you start by uh, making your bed and being a better person and picking up the garbage down the uh, street and, I don't know, maybe just a random act of kindness yes. as opposed to spending all your time on Facebook right. yelling about something that you're not going to change anyone's mind on anyway. Whoa, I get fired up about that stuff. I'd be a complainer. Complaining yeah. never did anything. Yeah. And yeah. it is so funny because you asked me to talk uh, to mention some habits that I had. And I said, I believe I've already said it, that I, I was a goal setter. But you yeah. know what else I do every morning? What's I make, that? I make my bed. That's, that's how you start changing the world. you got to make the bed. I was to find my grandson not long ago. He, he left his bed undone. And I said, I said, Paul, you need to get up in the morning and make your bed because it sets the stage for the whole day. Of course, yeah. he's, like, he's like 15. He doesn't really understand any of that. But I remember reading an essay from a general, an army yeah. general, and maybe he gave it at a commencement. It was uh, it was uh, Admiral McRaven, and he gave, yes, he gave it making your bed. Yep. He said one of the best things you can do is get up and make your bed yep. because it organizes you. It shows that you do have respect. Yep. Yep. Uh, and, just, and your day is is shit. At least you can hold in a nice bed because it sucks to go to bed when your bed's all jacked up. So there's a whole bunch of talking points about making your bed, but those disciplined habits. Really, you know, um, they they carry over. How you do one thing is how you do everything. I, and I, when I think about that, something as simple as making my bed, the years of my life where I didn't make my bed were probably some of the shittiest years I ever had because mm -hmm. everything else was out of whack. Like I wasn't making my bed, so I probably wasn't I wasn't intentional with my relationships. I was drinking a lot of beer, playing video games. Like everything was just out of whack. Now yeah. I make my bed, and I have a disciplined morning routine, and it sets the tone. I have an evening routine. My bed is made. I, you know, it. how you do one thing is how you do everything. So even these little things matter. Oh, yes. And and I think that they help you meet the challenges that you're going to have. Absolutely. And I'm, and I'm talking not only just about the everyday challenges. You know, all of us every day, we wake up and we face challenges. I don't care if it's getting in your car and going to work. Uh, that's a challenge. Uh, but how about the big challenges? And And how are you going to respond to those? For example, in my case, it was going to college. 
Well, I knew I wanted to go to college. I worked my butt through college, ended up with some loans, uh, but I was a worker, um, paid off my debts. My parents had no money to help me. And so I just did it. Where there's a will, there's a way. The yeah. other thing, the other, the other big challenge in my life, uh, I, I'm going to mention two more, is my husband's death. My husband and I have been married for 42 years, uh, uh, 40 years, and he uh, developed kidney failure. Yeah. And he was only 60. And so, you know, we had just retired. I think he got to enjoy maybe three years. We built this nice, beautiful home and we were going to enjoy our last years together. And Paul got kidney failure. And I will tell you, anytime you lose a spouse, and even if it's through divorce, whatever whatever it is, anytime you lose a, a spouse, your whole life changes. Yeah, everything about your day changes. Yeah, and I, um, I, I think I was. Uh, in fact, I'm glad I did it. I was very open with my husband's problems, and and in fact, told the story on Facebook. Yeah, and I would uh, always say, "Sweet Paul, update." Uh, hospitaling here, you know, he was in the hospital like 24 times uh, and, and he just suffered a whole lot. And I think the biggest challenge was not going through that. The biggest challenge for me has been what to do afterwards. And, you know, I'm by myself and it's a big difference when you're by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to take a quick break and invite you to an exclusive community I host called The Forge. One of my favorite proverbs is, as iron sharpens iron, so one man does another. The Forge is a mastermind, a community of men and women who are invested in their personal growth and development. They want to improve themselves, to be better husbands, to be better wives, to be better parents to their kids, to add value to their team and lead better at work, and to add more value into their community. In The Forge, I teach principles and habits of the world's highest achievers and performers. And as a group, we identify goals, develop strategies to achieve them, and hold one another accountable. We focus on improving our health, our wellness, our wealth, our relationships, and living in alignment with our purpose. We work together to focus on what truly matters and have a place where we can discuss difficult topics about life. If you're interested in learning more, go on over to www.jteags.com forward slash community. Where you can learn more about The Forge, you can learn more about my one-on-one coaching experience, sign up for the newsletter, and check out the blog while you're at it. Now back to the show. And then uh, as I became mayor, the flood. The flood of 2013. Were you here then? I was here, yeah. That was pretty bad, yeah. Uh, The flood of 2013 was really uh, something that uh, I think probably molded me as a leader. You know, much like presidents, they can go in and say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then World War II starts. Yeah. The yeah. Korean War starts. Yeah. Or 9-11 happens. So it changes everything. And the flood, I think, changed everything for Waynesville. We have spent, when I left office, we were still working on projects to make Waynesville safer for our people. Uh, you'll remember that we lost the Lee family, uh, Jessica and her young son, Eli. And that, uh, I think I have a little PTSD about that. Every time I talk about the flood, I cry. And probably most of it has to do with the Lee family. Uh, But we learned uh, lessons there. And I will tell you another thing I learned. People in Waynesville and probably any community, small community, are resilient. We come back. And we help each other. 
you know, that the morning of the flood, General Smith called me. One of the first phone calls I got was General Smith. What can we do to help? What, what equipment do you need? Uh, it, it was just an experience. And again, I have a chapter in that, my book. I think you will enjoy reading it. And especially, uh, Jay, if you were here uh, during that time, you will uh, not maybe enjoy it, but you will take a trip down memory lane. You know, every time I read that chapter, I've read my book 10 times. Every time I read it, I cry. Uh, 2014, I was a, probably a platoon leader here or trying to think what I would have been doing. Maybe an XO, busy doing stuff on the fort. What was your greatest challenge as, as, a, as a leader making $100 a month? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Me, and you're we dealing did. with this like community crisis. You see, you're, I mean, because it was downtown Waynesville. It was it was flooded. It was bad. And so what were some of the greatest challenges that you had to tackle as mayor? And of course, think back. It wasn't really the Ruby do in 2013. It was Mitchell Creek. Yeah. Where all that water had rushed across the interstate and literally took out one of our subdivisions. Yeah. And of course, that's where Jessica and her son were uh, washed away. But I think uh, the biggest challenges that we faced was trying to help our citizens. You know, that right away FEMA said we couldn't have individual help. So there we were. And so as a city, we had to try to do everything we could ethically and legally to help our people. And, you know, whether it was removing, this is the truth, 320 tons of trash. Wow. It was horrible. Yeah. In, our, in our cities around us, all sent their trucks, you know, helped clean it up. Yeah. Um, we had our uh, fire department pumping basements. Yeah. Uh, it was just a really a community thing. But I, I think uh, the best thing that came out of that again was the idea that we are a community. We all have to work together. And yeah. if you don't work together, you don't get much done. And I'll just mention this, that when the flood was over, everything calmed down. People began to uh, look for who to blame. And, uh, you know, and that was a bad time for me. Really, really was. And um, uh, again, a little PTSD going on. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, at the time, what's amazing about our country is when we do have disasters and we do have things that happen, we do rally. We right. do overcome it. We'll, we'll attack it. But then as soon as like things calm down, we forget. Then we get back to our politics and we get back to, could you know, trying to armchair quarterback everything. Yeah. And looking for blame, looking for blame, looking for yeah. somebody to blame. Uh, and I, I think maybe some of that is just human nature. You know, yeah. for example, in the flood, your home's destroyed. It surely wasn't my fault. Yeah. yeah. So I, again, um, I think you'll enjoy reading that story. I, uh, the other challenge for me has been writing my book. And again, I kind of planned on it as throughout my years, mm -hmm. but when COVID hit last April and we were kind of locked in, I began working on my book. And so I worked on it probably eight months and it has been a um, challenge for me because I'm not a writer. Uh, I'm not, you know, I was the high school newspaper editor, that kind of thing. Yeah. I think sometimes I like to use Facebook for writing. Yeah, I like yeah. to write stories and that kind of thing. So uh, I will just warn you, Jay, I may have caught the writing bug. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Yeah, I may have caught the writing bug. And uh, again, we're very looking forward to uh, uh, getting our book out. And uh, and then and then for me, it's going to be uh, what's my next adventure? What do you think it's going to be? Well, I think that first of all, I want to travel. My gosh, I have missed it so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout my life, uh, my life has just changed. I've had four major changes in my life. And even little changes, like when I was teaching and they'd give me a new course. Or when I was at Drury University and they'd give me a new course to teach. Change is good for yeah, me. Yeah. It's always been good for me. It energizes me. Uh, you know, it gives me a new focus. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I'm looking forward to now. Uh, well, I that you mentioned that because oftentimes we tend to get a little stale and we get a little comfortable. Yes. And you're not growing in comfort. It's, it's okay to have moments of comfort, but... If you stay there too long, you're going to get stagnant. So I was teaching American history to sophomores. Mm -hmm. And you almost get to the point where it's the same thing year after year after year. Well, I very quickly became what I call the project lady. We did projects. We made things. We, you know, we had guests come in. We did. I tried to do so many different things. I always had a World War II day. Uh Uh-huh. Believe it or not, there were a lot of them still alive then. I would have a Vietnam day for veterans would come in and share their stories. It was just, it was awesome. Yeah. And I taught a black history class, probably the first one at Waynesville High School. And uh, most of my kids were African-American. And uh, in February, I got with the local radio stations and we put together PSAs. They had to research it, write it, and perform it. And one of them was my NFL player, C.J. Mosley. And to this day, he, every time I talk to him, he mentions, remember when we went to the radio station? <laughs> he was so thrilled with that. So I just think changing direction in your life, as you are doing, obviously, and, and when you leave the military, you will do that. You know, when I left uh, being the mayor, one of the, and, and when I left being te- a teacher, I, le- I left being uh, my classroom, on the top. I mean, I, I was, I was doing good. And I, I thought, you know, there's more to life than this and I'm going to give somebody else a chance. And, and guess what? There was somebody waiting in the wings to take my place. And I think that with the mayor too. Uh, my joke is that uh, two terms were good enough for George Washington. It's good enough for me. Yeah, for you. <laughs> I never intended to be mayor for life, even yeah. though I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I just think that change is good. Uh, new ideas are good. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got some new city council people in St. Robert and in Waynesville. I think that's good. Uh, you have new ideas. What? Let me ask you just a couple questions to kind of dig in, to like talk about goal setting. I want to hit some habits and some. What do you think? What inspired you to become a teacher? We'll start there. Uh, probably. Like you said you're, you had a teacher, but what really. I, motivated you to go down that path? Uh, Can I be very honest and tell you that um, I have an ego? You have an ego. Okay. (laughs) And I don't think you can be a good teacher or a good mayor if you don't have an ego. Uh I wanted to do something good. Yeah. You know, for my family, my background, I wanted to be that college graduate. I wanted to be that teacher. And so I think a desire 
mm-hmm. might be the answer to what you're asking. I had a desire for it and I was going to make it happen. And I think the same thing was true with my political career. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was again, a goal setter. Uh, the other thing that I was always good at, I may have said this already is seeing things through. Mm-hmm. So if you set a goal, it doesn't do any good if it just sits on your desk. You've got to see it through and you've got to make it happen. And that's what, that's what we did in, in uh, Waynesville when I was on city council and mayor. There's a, there's like a joke. There's a, it's like five frogs are sitting on a log, four decide to jump. How many jumped? None of them because they just decided they didn't take action. And that's how most people yeah. think about things. And they decide to do something, but they still haven't taken the action. And putting yourself out there and taking the action. So when you decided to, to run for mayor, what and you put yourself out there for a hundred dollars right. a month? And you had my, no- my all my motivation, really, Jay. I'm telling you the truth. My motivation was to make downtown better. That that's why I ran. And then all of a sudden, I decided, you know what? We can get things done. Yeah. And whether it was, you know, my group was the one that did the certification of the National Historic Trail Mm -hmm. for the Trail of Tears. We did that. We succeeded at that. It took us like four years, but we did it. The playground, you know, the massive response that we had from our community uh, took us two years, but we did that, too. Yeah, that playground's awesome. I mean, it's it's nice. We have a great park. To me, those are the things that you've got to do. You, yeah. You've got to have a desire. You've got to follow through. Were there ever moments where you're just like, to hell with this? Like, this isn't worth it? Or you just, did you have moments where, it, you know, that it just, you just didn't want to do it? You're just like, well, screw this. I'm just tired of all probably, the resistance. You'll probably remember some of them. <laughs> What's the one that was the most impactful? Like, when was the time that you had that you're just like, man, this is just not worth a hundred a month. And why did I get myself into this? But you can't quit, you know, but you wanted to every fiber in your being was just like, I'm over this. Probably after the flood. Yeah. Yeah. There was so much, uh, gosh, I almost used the word hatred aimed at not only the city, but me. And it was a very, very hard time. What was some of the blame? What were some of the complaints people had? Uh, you'll remember that we had just built the bridge on Highway H, old mm-hmm. Highway H. We built that bridge by the tennis courts. Yep. Um, I don't know if you know this, but small towns are graded by different things. And one thing that they all that government people grade is how many low water crossings do you have? Because they're uh-huh. very dangerous. In yeah. Wayneville, we had two. When I left office, we had none. So that was something I'm very proud of. Dyer Street Bridge and then the building of the old H Bridge. Well, we built that bridge, and you may not know this, but that was about the only way that a, a bus came down from the new high school. And when it was uh, stormy, you had to go the outer road. That There wasn't even GW Lane then. It was an outer road. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a mess. And so we decided, you know, our first focus was going to be that old age bridge. Well, we put it in, and I, I want to say that it was like the week after that uh, – the flood happened. A camper trailer was washed out of someone's backyard, came down and blocked that bridge. Mm-hmm. And so then the water cascaded into that subdivision. And so that was the city's fault. 
Mm. And in fact, since 2013, that bridge has worked perfectly because yeah. it was engineered for the water to flow over it. You yeah. know, if it got too much, the water would flow over it. That day, a travel trailer, which I have a picture of, by the way, uh, that travel trailer blocked that. And again, you got to look for somebody to blame. Yeah. And yeah. I had I had a couple of people who were very, very nasty. And uh, I actually talk about them in my book. And then, then another uh, hard time for me was the uh, Uranus Examiner chapter. Yeah. So for those that don't know, uh, we have the Uranus Fudge Factory, which is just outside of town. And it's been like, um, I think they got a TV show going right now. And um, Louis is a very interesting He's an interesting guy. Interesting guy. There's been a lot of like, um, he's the mayor of Uranus. I don't think it's an official town yet. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, but you, you know, I, I actually, uh, in my book, called him a marketing genius. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's funny. Yeah. I, I, I get the Uranus examiner, and uh, it's funny. Every time I see him, like, it's just funny. It's just comical. And people, he's at Down Route 66. So he's well known across the country now. And it's here yeah. in, the, in the neighborhood. There's some politics. Does great things for Route 66. I Absolutely. never spoke out against his amusement area. Yep. Uh, I understand that that place, it was wonderful. And still yeah. is. And still yep. is. But when they announced they were going to replace our newspaper yeah. with a newspaper called the Uranus Examiner, yep. it just uh, I just felt like that was mocking our community. Yeah. And I did not want that to be what people thought of when they thought of our community. Yeah. So I spoke up. And as uh, happens so often, when you speak up and it gets awful lonely. Yeah. No, I saw some of the I saw some of the social media traffic on that. Kind of, it was entertaining. Like a lot, was, but it was like one of those like, wow, like you know, you spoke your mind and you had. A, I just saw the backlash and you took it with grace and you you told the line as a leader should and you just yeah. stood up for yourself. I made one comment. I made one comment publicly about it. I said, you know, a community determines the community they have. The citizens determine the community they have. Yeah. And in my opinion, that was not the newspaper we wanted to represent us. Yeah. And, you know, I, in my book, I say this. Uh, I say, I wonder how popular the Uranus world would have been. <laughs> Think about that. Think about that. Maybe it would have. Maybe it would have. <laughs> if, you, if you think back, we were, uh, we were on the... Uh, night talk shows and Jimmy Kimmel and James Corden. Uh, we were all over those shows and uh, we really were, excuse my, excuse this. Okay. But we were the butt of many jokes. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was a, it was a hard time for me. And uh, uh, again, I felt at times like I was just out there by myself when in fact people were privately saying to me, Oh, we agree with you. We agree with you. Yeah. I think there was only one elected official who actually spoke up and said something on Facebook, for example. Did, did uh, that frustrate you to hear like, yeah, I agree with you, but I'm not going to speak no, up. Say anything. <laughs> <laughs> it, it gets, uh, it can be very lonely. Yeah. Did, did that bother you? Uh, did for a little while. Yeah. Uh, but again, I felt like, uh, and this is the truth. I, if I had to go back and do it again, I would do the same thing. I would. I would do the same thing. I had no intention of speaking up that day. But we were sitting in a chamber meeting and KY3 walked in the back door. Yeah. 
So that was going to be the lead story on the news that night. <laughs> Take advantage of whether they're. <laughs> oh, my. Well, I was just embarrassed. I was embarrassed with the name. The innuendo. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, sophomoric humor is what I would yeah. call it. It, it's fun, but you're right. It started taking like, okay, this is over. This is, it's fun. It's all good. But yeah, it's starting to affect the community. We don't want to be labeled like this is a good community. And uh, if you but read the paper, what? like it's fine. It's, I don't want my kids reading that. Yeah. It wasn't a serious newspaper. Yeah. yeah. And I think, again, I think it could have been. They had a, someone hired who knew what she was doing. And, yeah. But it, the name was just too much. So, so anyway, those, uh, those were two things that, uh, were really hard for me. Yeah. And, uh, and for the most part, I didn't let the social media bother me. Yeah. Uh, I, again, I slept well at night. If, if, if someone told you that they were thinking about entering, you know, local politics, you know, and making a difference, but they're just worried about, you know, the the backlash and all all the things that you got to deal with, because you're throwing yourself out there. What advice would you give them? Well, I would say go for it. I, I go for it. Make a difference. Uh, take part, you know. Uh, if you don't like it after the two years or the four years, mm-hmm. quit. But I, I just felt like uh, I could handle it. Again, it took me about a month to get over that. Yeah. <laughs> get my feelings hurt, you know. Yeah. But uh, uh I would, I would do it again. What were some of the biggest things that you, that you learned about yourself by putting yourself out there that you maybe going into it, you know, you kind of think you have a perspective of how it's going to be, but something along the way, change your perspective. What, what are some of those things? Um, my communication skills mm-hmm. got much better because I began to realize very quickly that when I said something, it was the city saying it. Mm. And I had to be very careful. The other thing that really struck me about myself, I've always been been a lover, not a fighter. Mm -hmm. And I stood up to people. Yeah. And sometimes that's hard to do. And it's especially hard to do when they're your friends. Yeah. This is a small town. I knew most of these people. I had them in school. They were my neighbors. And yet you had to make a decision. So I think uh, decision-making is something that you have got to be fairly good at. I mean, you learn as you go, which obviously I did. And I had good advisors, you know, Mr. Harrell, the city administrator, uh, the city council. I had good partners. Yeah. And and that helps. But well, it's good that you, you leverage that too, because when you're in leadership, like, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm familiar with military leadership because I've been in command. Uh, having a good team around you to help make decisions, so you can talk things through, and you're making decisions on behalf of the city. I had to make decisions on behalf of the army. I had to take my personal bias out of things sometimes right. for the benefit of the army and the soldier. You know, and these were life changing decisions sometimes that had tremendous right. impact. And you know, no doubt, as a mayor as well, you know, you had to make tough decisions. I can remember dealing with some personnel issues that really hit me in the heart. I am serious. And some of them were even my old students. They were people that I knew well, but they had done wrong. Yeah. And we, we had to make these decisions. And yeah. it was very it was a very hard thing to do. Yeah. And but you got to do what's right. Absolutely. 
But I, I have just enjoyed talking to you so much. No, this is great. I, I love this. And I can't believe it. I'm looking up at the time up there, Jay. We've been talking for nearly 50 minutes. It goes by quick, doesn't it? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it wasn't like teaching. You know, sometimes my classes seemed like they went on for hours. <laughs> well, let me, let me ask you a couple more questions before we end this, because I sure. know that you have something going on. I got to get my kids off to soccer. But sure. we think about doing hard things, because that's what this podcast is all about. Difficult challenges, having disciplined habits. We kind of touched on making your bed and some of those things. What are some of the disciplined habits or things that you've done in your life that have enabled you to deal with some of the challenges, like the your, your husband passing, the challenges you had as a uh, as a local politician and mayor when when everyone was against you, the, the difficult times in life. What are some of the things that have happened to you, or some of the habits or discipline? What is your hard? What is the hard thing that you do to make you better to deal okay. with it? One of the things that I always try to do is compartmentalize things. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you're familiar with that. You got a place over here for the work. You got a yep. place over here for your heartache. You yeah, yeah. Here for your grandkids. Yep. And you just got to compartmentalize them so that they don't overwhelm you. I think that that is something that people are, especially in the social media day, I, yeah. I read some of the stuff on Facebook and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, baby, usually some of my girlfriends, baby, you, yeah. you really need to let that go. Yeah. 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 You need to let that go and move on. Yeah. And, and don't dwell on it. Yeah. And uh, I, I, that's a challenge for me sometimes. What I, made the switch? Because this is like, this is uh, we all have two brains. We've got logic brain. Then we got lizard brain. Lizard brain yeah. is the one that's emotional and doing right. that lizard running around in your head, doing all these things. That's what you see on Facebook. What, how do you think that you were able to compartmentalize and switch that on and off? Because that's truly, I learned that through personal development and just reading and being like, I can have psychological discipline over my emotions. How, where do you think, did you always have that? Was that something you learned? I, I think it's something you learn. Yeah. Uh, and you and I both are great examples. You've got military Jay. You've got daddy Jay. Yeah. You've yeah. Got motivational Jay. Well, I was mayor Luge. Right. I was Grandma Luge. I was Mama Luge. So you just have you just learn to do that. Mm -hmm. I um, try my best to leave some of the worries at home. But I will tell you, as a mayor, it was hard to do. I could do it better in the, in the classroom than I could as mayor. With the mayor, honest to goodness, Jay, some days I felt like I was a mother to 5000 people. <laughs> yeah. And the day I left office. I left office on a Thursday night, and when I really noticed it was the next Monday, I woke up, and it was like my shoulders had just done this, because I was always like this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> always ready, and my shoulders were just relaxed, and it was almost like it was a new day, and I think, again, those are just things you learn as you age, yeah. And and anytime you want to know anything about aging, that's me. So, <laughs> well, that leads me to my last question because I meant to ask this earlier. Okay, we kind of talked about this before we got the podcast started. But you've you've been on the planet for over seventy years. You have a you've studied history. You have experience in local politics. What do you think of the climate that we're currently in? And what do you think the way ahead is going to be? Based off, you know, all the 
wisdom that you have and the experiences that you have, how are we going to get out of like this very divisive society that we're in right now? Uh, I don't see it happening until we learn to compromise again. I was hoping that President Biden would bring some of that back, but it's been very hard to do. Um, As a history teacher, I've said this to many people. It must be right now. It must be what it was like during the McCarthy period. Uh, The way we bicker with each other, we disagree with each other. Uh, I think, again, social media has fed a lot of that. You know, you feel like you now you have the opportunity to say what you think. Yeah. Because everybody wants to know what you think. You know, that's what you think. Uh, I uh, think it is a very bad time in our history. And all these people, the other day I was reading something and said, uh, the QAnon people had a meme and it said, you know what's coming, be ready. So I did a little research and I'm trying to figure out, what are they talking about? You know what they're talking about? Civil war. Okay, are you going to suit your girls up? Which side are they going to be on? Yeah. Which side I, are they going to die on? That To me, that is just ridiculous. We yeah. have got to get back to being Americans and yeah. not being party people. Yeah, I, I agree. And you and I have different ideologies. Well, I hear stuff like that. And it's on both sides. Like, what, what are we t- – really? Like, civil war? Like, no, I'm not taking arms uh, yeah. against – over and that's ridiculous. <laughs> I will tell you that with as as a Democrat as a Republican, we have a lot more in common than we than we, we absolutely. I, I believe we do. Just how to get there is a little bit different. But we all want the same things. And take the time to talk to each other. All we do is yell at each other. Yep, yep, yep. And call each other names. You know, and we've got to get away from that. We've just got to get back to being Americans. Uh, Steve Lynch and I, who is our state representative, Steve Lynch and I were perfect examples of that. He was a he's a diehard Republican and I'm somewhat a moderate Democrat. Really, I am. (laughs) But we got along so well. Yeah, because our number one concern was our community. Mm -hmm. It, It was not gun control and, you know, whatever. It wasn't abortion. It wasn't all these issues that come down uh, the party line. It was taking care of the people at home. Yeah. But I did, I enjoyed my time uh, as mayor. Uh, again, I would go back and do it all over again. My teaching career, I would go back and do it in a heartbeat. I have so many friends, Jay, you know, from my Facebook page, I've probably got 2000 old students that I'm friends with on Facebook and we, we keep up with each other. We talk with each other. Yeah. And so it's just uh, what a rewarding life I've had. Not that it's over, but a rewarding life that I've had and two rewarding careers that I've had. No, that's incredible. I, I, I just look at you as a, uh, just a, a solid leader. Like what you, you're, you're consistent with who you are. You've, you've put yourself out there in the service of our community and our country, but being a teacher, then and that you've made such a tremendous impact and difference. It inspires me to want to give back and, and, and do things. And I think that you're a tremendous role model. And uh, I'm excited to read your book, Small Town Mayor. I'll put the link to that in the show notes. I and uh, I just, congratulations, doing a great job as mayor. I'm excited to see your, your work with the Missouri Route 66 Centennial Commission. And uh, you got some other projects. You're still leading. You're still, you're still doing things and making an impact. Good. We're going to work hard on replacing the Ruby Dew Bridge. That's outstanding. That's all. I might call you up and get you involved in that. 
All right. Well, let me know how I can help. Okay. All right, Luz, appreciate your time. Thanks for being on the podcast. For everyone else that's listening, keep doing hard things. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share. I would also love to know your thoughts and opinions. You can connect and follow me at JTEGS on Instagram and Facebook. If you want to join our free 75 hard community, go on over to www.jteegs.com forward slash 75 hard. We'll get you connected with other like-minded people who are doing hard things and on the path to developing mental toughness. Also, please take a moment, leave a review on iTunes. This will help us get those hard to reach guests as we build the community. If you want to level up and take the next step on the rung of personal development, check out The Forge, an exclusive community dedicated to personal growth and development. You can go to www.jteags.com forward slash community to learn more about it. Thank you for listening. And in the meantime, do hard things.